No, wow, it's a quiet day. <laughs> okay, just want to remind you all, which I don't think we're going to have this issue today, but um, if your baby is crying, of course, they could have crying babies down there, but um, ah, there you are. <laughs> if your baby is crying downstairs, they will put your number that's on your tag in red up there at that box, so be looking out for that. And if you have to go get them, you don't have to leave. Just come back up here. Um, you can keep them at your table if you want. Of course, if they are, some of them like to run around and talk and, and stuff like that, and sometimes they just don't settle down. So if you need to go back there, you can go behind the curtain, or you can even maybe go out there um, in the hallway and still hear them do whatever you need to do, because um, sometimes it's distracting to the speaker. I'm sure today's speaker will be fine, but um, sometimes it can be. <laughs> He's got lots of kids. <laughs> So I happen to know him. The speaker today is my husband, Aaron. Um, he's a, today is going to be a very special um, talk because he's a very special person. <laughs> In my opinion, he's going to be talking to us about technology today, which uh, is a very important topic. There's a lot of questions about how much is too much. You know, and it's going to keep on going as they age because we all know that it's just really nice to hand the kid our phone sometimes or just let them binge for, I mean, as they get older, it's just more tempting to let them just, you know, go for a while on technology. Um, so it's tough to know, you know, my, am I letting my child do too much? Is this okay? You know, what, what things should they be looking at? What things are not okay for them? So he'll be talking to us about that and just a little bit about him, um, that's his mom right there. <laughs> Belinda, hi. Um, so he, uh, we have four kids at home. We're foster parents also. Um, so we have a four-year-old girl with us right now. And he owns, he's one of the owners of District. And they have also bought Seed. So I don't know if you know Seed, but that should be opening up soon. So that's a vegan vegetarian restaurant. Go, be sure to go check that out. Um, I think in January. Um, so, but also um, on a personal note, he's just a really amazing leader. He's an, a really amazing person with just great character. And just really what is amazing to me is that he's got so much self-control personally. Um, you know, it's just, it, he's just a, re however he is, he's the same everywhere, you know, so he's just really um, a, a great man, and I really admire him, look up to him. I hope my kids are all just like him. I can't tell you how different we are, though. I was thinking on the way here, you know, like the, the, the main, the lady on, or Maria, can't think of her name, Maria on Sound of Music, who's up on the, you know, the theme song of Sound of Music with her arms stretched out singing on the mountains. I can't remember what that song is. Do, do you know? The Hills Are Alive. Yeah. That's Aaron's personality. <laughs> and then, you know, the Grinch with the sweater who's at the party and he's aggravated or he's down in his cave eating a glass bottle. That's me. <laughs> so we're very different. <laughs> we need each other. Hopefully, I can contribute something to him, but I know he's contributed a lot to me and, and my growth in every area, just personally, you know, spiritually and everything like that. So anyway, he's a really great person. Also, before I, for, I just remembered to say this, but we got a new special photo booth for y'all to take pictures. It's a little Christmas thing, so please go use that because it, because it's, you know, it's fun. Tag us. Um, we did that special for today. Okay, please welcome Aaron Vogel.
the obligatory hug. I feel, I feel real official up here and behind this thing. It's hard for me to not be all up in your grill down there. Um, I always love, love to make this announcement when and if possible uh, regarding pregnancy. Ashley's pregnant, if you didn't know. She's not. She's not. I'm just always a big fan of saying we're, that she's pregnant. Isn't that fun? Was that bad? I heard someone say you're bad. Thank you. And she has twins on the way as well. How about that? So I'm like the guy or the girl from The Sound of Music? Hmm. Don't know how I feel about that. Well, cool. Good to, good to hang with y'all. Uh, first and foremost, I just want to tell y'all, um, great job on being a mom. And, and maybe you'd say, you don't know if that's true, but it is. And 80% and of the time or 90% of the time, you feel like you're not being a good mom. And uh, that's not true. And you need someone to tell you that from time to time. Because I, I know what it's like to be a human. I know what it's like to be in business, to be a father, to be a husband. I know what it's like to feel like I'm not good enough. I know what it's like to feel like I'm overwhelmed and there's more than I can handle and I'm missing this, 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 and this. And then when I finally get the ability to do it, maybe I'm tired and I'm lazy that day. And so now I'm really not qualified because it's now even a desire issue, not even a capacity issue. Um, so I get it, but great job. And it's a hard, hard thing. It's a hard season. Um, the fact that you guys are here says a lot about who you are as a mom. There's a, there's a lot of places you could be, namely in your bed or just cleaning up around the house or being at work or, I mean, there's so many things you could be doing and you've made it a priority to be here. And that tells, that tells me, but mo mostly it should tell you that your heart is to be great at being a mom and you really care and you want to be better and you, you have affection toward your children and, and yeah, you may not feel like you're good enough, but you're on the journey of growth. And, and that's, this is like a celebration day to remind yourself and you should think about that when you're at MOPS. Like, okay, I do care. I'm not always mad or I'm not always overwhelmed. Like I do, and I know I'm like saying the worst case scenarios, but there are days like this, right? And so days like this remind us of who we are, who we intend to be, what we're aspiring to be. And so celebrate like what today is. It's a day of you becoming more and more like Christ, I would even say, as, as he takes care of us as children. Like this is a day where you are hoping to be conformed more to the image of who he is so you can better take care of your children. Um, so anyway, just want to encourage you guys in that. Um, how many of you have in your vehicle a TV of some type that drops down? Or maybe you bring an iPad or give your kids a phone in the car. Well, let's go ahead and shame, raise our hand real quick. Okay. All, all of you moms who don't, good for you. <laughs> she gets it. She gets it. Um, but I, do you guys know the temptation of the vehicle situation? It's always there. It's, it's like I could either talk to my kid or I could have something else talk to them. I mean, come on, let's be honest. Which one do we want to do in the car, right? 
And so I have this real struggle. We've never had, like we typically have not done like technology in the cars. And then we got a vehicle recently that has one of those TVs in it. It's a used car, so it's not like we went out and wanted to get it. Um, but it has that drop down DVD. And it's just, it's always been this tension thing for me since we've gotten it. And really my, my kick is like, no, I don't, you know, like that's my position. Like when I'm in the car, it's not mean like that. That sounds pretty short, but like, it's like, no, my kids know like, Hey, dad's, Oh, it sucks. Dad's driving. Like that's really the, the thing. Like we can't watch TV when dad's in the car because it's either going to be music, like kind of low, you know, so we can kind of hang and talk because I get less time with my kids in the car. And so I'm trying to just be intentional with them. And so, um, but we have this little four-year-old girl we're helping take care of and man, it's easy to drop that TV down with her. We don't speak the same language, first of all, literally. So that's a, that's a struggle. So now I'm like, well, I can't talk to her. So I could touch her and hey, hey, but that probably gets old for her. <laughs> and so then it's like, well, just go ahead and drop the TV down. Because otherwise she's getting frustrated. She's getting, I don't know what she needs. I, she's this morning, she's pointing and yelling and speaking another, I'm like, Cinderella, <laughs> like that's all I got for you. I don't, I mean, speaking to Google Translate for me one more time real quick. Like it's, it's tough. So I know this, this hard, this difficult tension of what, what's the balance and how much is too much. And I know that it's easier just to give them what they want. It's easier to give them what they seemingly need. It's easier to give them what they, what they can get to maybe keep them quiet. There's all those reasons and they're all good. And, and I'll even say like, it's not always a bad thing to give a child something to keep them quiet, right? It's just not, and I don't believe it is. There's nothing in the Bible that would tell us like, hey, remember when you're in a vehicle, don't drop the TV down. <laughs> you know, there's nothing that says like, hey, to be more like Christ as a parent, you should. And so where do we go with technology when there aren't these like black and white? How many of you like living in black and white and like having rules and guidelines and guardrails and saying like, this is how it's supposed to be? Welcome. Welcome. Is the food cold? Yeah. So, uh, but there aren't those things in technology. And, and what I hope to do today, really just, I want to tell you up front, I don't want to give you the black and white. I don't want to give you guardrails. I don't want to tell you what is moderate, what is liberal, what is conservative, because what that is for me and Ashley, I can tell you, we live in the same house and like we share so many conversations. We still see that differently. We just, you know, this morning, even our, our 15 year olds was, he's been asking me the last couple of days, can I go to, can I stay home from school? And because like, there's nothing going on. I'm literally watching movies all day long. Exams are over. And, and this is how my brain processed it. Um, no, you have to, you can't stay home. You have to go to school because you're going to be on technology for like four consecutive hours from 8 a.m. to noon until she gets home because I'm going to work. So no. And my, my thing was strictly geared toward technology. I didn't tell him that. I was just like, no, nah, man, you got to be at school, you know, being a good dad, like just like, you, you know, you don't want to be absent and stuff like that. We have another male in the building. Hey, brother male. All right. He's my friend, um, barely, barely friends, 100% business partners, barely friends. 
Um, and so, uh, so Ashley, on the other hand, she comes in, she goes, hey, uh, what do you think about Gabe just staying home from school? I was like, well, he's going to be doing technology all day. She's like, yeah, so you, you, you want him to go to school? <laughs> so like we, I, if I try to give you the black and white, I don't know. I mean, you're not going to conform to what I think is proper. I'm not conforming to what she thinks is proper. It's a journey. What we can talk about, though, are guidelines that I think God really would want to speak to. And then through that, we're learning to shepherd our kids from the inside, not so much from the outside, right? So I'm going to hop back up, back into my cave, I guess. So I want to, I want to read you um, a couple things. So for kids, there often isn't a better alternative to technology. Think about that. For kids, there often is not a better alternative for technology. That's my kid's story. Well, what am I going to do? How many times have I been asked that? I cannot tell you. Well, what, what, what would I even go do? Where could I begin to start? Is my like, it's like, dude, there's so many things to go. But truly in their brain, it's like, there's nothing else. There's nothing else, which is just crazy, right? Until, which it'll come back to us. And we'll feel the weight of that same tension even in our own lives. Their craving for technology will often increase as they age. Here's the good news. It gets worse. <laughs> it's true. They, they become independent. They have rational decision-making, like thought processes to say, this is what I want. So it's, it only gets worse from here. You might as well quit now would be my encouragement. And as new and better technology presents itself, there's only more of a draw toward technology, virtual reality, to put this thing on your face. And this is already present and will one day be more accessible financially. And you go to another world. Are you telling me that's not fun? That's super fun. And if you're telling me that riding my bicycle is a better technology than that, I'm going to tell you you're wrong. I want to go to another world, augmented reality, where you can put something on and something else enters into your world. There's a real life Pokemon right there. And I see all of you, and just as real as that with these and through these glasses, I see a Pokemon. You're telling me that's not better than playing basketball outside? There's no winning the game of, I'm telling you what you should be doing is, you're wrong, mom. Like you got to put yourself into their brain. And because think about it, if you were in that situation and for a day you could put something like that on, would you? <laughs> I think most of us would. Artificial intelligence, I mean, as robots become more and more tangible and real, this is like really cool stuff that your kids and maybe one day you're going to have to coach your kids on how to coach their kids like you should really be locking in facing reality that technology is only going to become more and more attractive. And it's not proper to say, no, 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 we just don't do that. No, 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 we just don't do that. No, 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 we just don't do that. That's silly. Because that just creates a barrier between you and your child. And they will think to themselves, you just don't understand. So it's not about putting things away. It's about putting things in the right place. 
And so being accepting of technology is appropriate. Teaching children the purposes for technology. This is where we get to their heart. Proper placement of technology. Where does it sit inside of them, ranking-wise? This is where we get to their heart. But this is what's easier. You can only do technology for 30 minutes. I'm taking technology away. You can't do your, your video game for the next two days. This stuff just says really surface level. This is not parenting. This is just judging. Not being like a judging their character, but you're just being a judge and saying like, this is what I declare and this is what we're going to do. And that's not really healthy in a parental lifestyle if that's what it really, at the meat of it, consists of, right? So remember, you're dealing with this. Our, our temptation is to restrict them, punish them, lecture them. These are often necessary, but a better approach would be to consistently present to them a modeled life and a teaching about what is better than technology. That's key. And if you walk away with something today, walk away with that. What's better than restriction is a modeled life regarding what technology is, how it's interacted with, a modeled life, and teaching them what is more valuable. And if you don't get to those conversations, you're not attacking the issue. You're just disconnecting yourself from their world and saying, I don't want you to have anything to do with what I don't want to do myself. So I don't understand TikTok, and I don't understand Snapchat, and I don't understand why YouTube is such a big deal to you. It's just a five-year-old girl with big bows on her head. It's not that big of a deal. I don't like it. You shouldn't like it. That's, that's what they hear. And that's not the goal. And so what do kids hope to find in technology? This is important. This is not exhaustive, but this is my observation with my kids. I think uh, there's, there's a bunch of them, but I'll just say three that I want to kind of briefly go through with you guys. Number one, distraction. What do kids hope to find in technology? Number one, distraction. For me, this is what I think. In no particular order, but that's one. Number two, curiosity or adventure. Curiosity or adventure. Now evaluate yourself. Do you know what it means to wish you could be distracted from reality? Check. Do you know what it means to wish that there were more adventure do you know what it feels like to have curiosity about, what's that? Check. Third thing, connection or intimacy. And these are kind of interchangeable words, but I think both of them are good for points two and three. So connection, like connecting to someone, to something, intimacy. So like 15-year-olds, it's just super common. You don't like talk to the person about dating them. You snap about dating them. And maybe you save it, maybe you don't. And if you don't know what that means, just like you do a technological, hey, I think I like you, hope you like me. And then, but you don't face it. You don't have to deal with the rejection. It's just really normal to deal with technology to try to find intimacy. And so maybe that girl then hits back, I like you too, oh my God. And then there's this like, all right, we see each other next time and it's so weird, but we're kind of like feeling ourselves, hey, brother male, all right. 
You good? Okay. You know what they say, better never than late. All right. So how do we help our kids find these things in God is the better question. This is key. I'm going to come down for like a minute. You can tell them all day it's just a distraction. You're curious about the wrong things. You want adventure? Just go outside. Like that's where the, when I was a kid, I rode my bike up and down the neighborhood all the time. You see all those tread marks? That was me. Like, you can tell them all those stories about what they should be doing. Oh, connection and intimacy, that's never going to last on technology. She doesn't really like you anyway. You don't even know the person. You feel like they know you. You feel like you know them. You don't. <laughs> like, you could say all that stuff, but that doesn't make a difference in their heart. What you can show them is how God meets all of those needs. And if you can show them that God meets all of those needs, while not rejecting all of those things altogether, watch out, you might win your child's heart. That's important. And that's the goal of a parent. God's not into like, hey man, you just need to shut it down after an hour. You need to make sure that they're not getting over attacked. Like that doesn't feel real. Although that feels real for me and my temptation to want to do to my kids, that doesn't feel like something God is doing to me. Like anyone ever binged? Whether alcohol or Netflix, but Netflix today, like anyone ever been in that? And do you have a sense after the two hours that God is just utterly displeased with you? Probably not. But often we can maybe like give that feeling toward our kids that like, how dare you want to keep doing technology? That is just bizarre. And you just can't wait till they go to bed so you can do yours. <laughs> Open your phone up and you spend 30 minutes in Facebook. And I don't even want to deal with the hypocrisy of that as much as I want to deal with like, like realize this is just normal stuff and it's not about shutting it down. It's about showing them something that is more attractive, more compelling, more desirable. And these things are found in God. And so this is really hard work because you have to think about it rather than reacting to it. Don't do that. You have to think, hmm, what does it look like to show my kids that to be distracted from reality is not good? And how would I teach them that God is in the middle of the reality and how they should be leaning into it? What does it look like that when my kids want to start journeying off to find adventure in other places to tell them the adventure of your life is really in the middle of what God has for you? How do I teach that? You know what that doesn't sound like? 30 minutes off of technology is your punishment. These things are totally disconnected. It takes you really, really diving in and being thoughtful about who, who you are. Where do you find your distraction? Where do you find yourself to be curious? Where's your adventure? Where do you find your intimacy and connection? Are they based and rooted in things that God would be excited about? Or do you find them, maybe it's not technology, but do you find those things veering off somewhere else? Well, if you understand what that feels like, well, that's all your kids are going through. Just happens to be in the most accessible 
young formatted version that is highly sensory and gets their brain going. We know what that feels like as adults though. It might not be in technology anymore, but it's in other things. So what we're dealing with is the same thing. It's called the heart. It's dealing with the deeper place, desires. And so we can become teachers of these things. So we'll, we'll kind of breeze through. Are you bored? Why? You. Are you bored? What about your life is boring? What form of distraction is helping you quench your boredom? Put yourself in your kid's shoes for a second. Are you tired of life? Have you had it? And are you journeying toward other things that are outside of which, where you know to be good and right and true? And I want to read a scripture real quick. It's in um, Lamentations chapter 3. If you ever want to learn about technology in the scripture, just go to the Old Testament where it didn't exist. Our distractions and our children's distractions can and will be quenched by something, by technology or some other form of distraction. You will quench it some way, somehow. How do we teach our kids where to go in those moments where we don't want to deal with it? We're bored. We're done. So it says this in uh, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 17, my soul is bereft of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. Do you know what that feels like? A lot of times kids like this, our, this little girl, her name's Nellie, she wakes up. She just kind of comes out like this. Peppa. Peppa Pig. Just 6.30. Peppa. That's it. Peppa Pig, she immediately wants to jump into something that cures her boredom. In other words, not happy right now, need something to kind of make me happy. Peppa, that's what's happening in your kids. In that moment, what do you want to teach them about happiness? This is you too, though not happy. What do I want to make me happy? Fill in the blank. It may not be technology, but get where your kids are. You understand the question they're asking. So, and so does, so does Jeremiah in Lamentations. He says, I, I remember what it, what it used to be like to be happy, but I've forgotten what happiness is. Verse 18, so I say, my endurance is perished. It's give up time. So is my hope from the Lord. Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. You just hear this like, I'm bored. I need a distraction. I don't like life. I'm not content. I'm not happy. But this I call to mind. This is important. This is where this man goes. But this, in the middle of that, this is what I call to mind. And therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore I will have hope in him. So when your children get bored and they begin turning to devices, 
to distract them from the pain of life. And remember, this is what you keep this in mind. Today it's an iPad. Tomorrow it's a boy. Tomorrow it's a girl. Just give them a decade and it's going to be highly inappropriate technology. Just give it a dec decade, it's going to be something illegal. Just give them some time. Today is an iPad, so this is the key. Teach them today what you need them to know when it's something entirely different. And it doesn't look like you have 30 minutes of technology, that's it. Now that's fine, do 30 minutes of technology. I'm saying, that stuff's needed at times. It's not the point though, it's not the point. So when they're going to be distracted from their devices uh, or from the pain or boredom of life, remind them to call to mind the never-ending love that the Lord has for them. It's not an inappropriate time when she says, Peppa, if I could speak her language to say, you want to go see Peppa? Yeah, I want to see Peppa. Remember, God loves you. It's not an inappropriate reminder for your kids to push them back to the things that are true while engaging technology. Remind them that his mercies are new for them every morning. Remind them that he is their portion. He is their excitement. Remind them that he is their hope. The best parenting methods to overcome the challenges of difficulty is to point them to Christ. Now that's hard, it's weird, and it doesn't really make sense in the middle of that moment. But if you're not doing that yourself, and that's a good question for you this morning. Where do you go with your distraction? And if you can't answer that you go to the Lord, you should reconsider how you're parenting your children because you may not be pushing them to the Lord either. And you should. But it starts right here. Finding where do we go when boredom sets in. Second thing, are you curious about what's outside of God God's, or outside of what God has given you in your life? Are you curious about things outside of what God has given you? Nah, you don't, like, I don't even like my husband. That's kind of where it starts. He's just a, or I don't really, my kids, man, they just always, or my job, man, it's just my mom. Oh, never my mom. But all of those things, this sense of it's not good enough, curiosity sets into, man, it would be nice if. Man, if only he were. That's all kids are doing with technology. You understand what that feels like in your heart, don't you? Well, that's all that's happening with them. So recognize that. So... Our desire for more, better, different can carry us to a place where we no longer recognize ourselves. We can one day wake up and ask ourselves, how did I even get here? Curiosity that leads to adventure and you wake up and you're like, where am I? That's what happens with your kids. They started with 30 minutes, five hours later, like if Gabe didn't go to school today, five hours later, the dude is still playing whatever he set his hand to that first moment. How did I, like, I don't know, pass an entire day off on technology. Well, what do you teach them in that moment? So Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 says this. And this is a pretty familiar scripture. 
For I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Christ who, who strengthens me. And then a couple verses later, this is kind of a good sum up. Verse 19, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So when your children begin to want more of the things that they don't have, Christmas time, have they been asking for any technology? A little bit. So when they want more of the things they don't have, they're never satisfied. They, it's got to be more, got to be more, got to be more. Not enough, not enough, not enough, not enough. When they want more of that stuff, remind them that Christ is their only source of contentment. My God will provide all of your needs. Remind them that he will supply their every need. So if you're not teaching your kids about contentment and gratitude to the Lord more than you're teaching them about restrictions and guidelines, reconsider how you're parenting about technology. Teach them about God has given us this. Let's embrace it. Be thankful for it. Let's use it appropriately. It's a gift. Let's not ask for more than he has given us. But here, and here's a good thing for you guys, because we only parent out of who we are. Are you content with what God has given you? This is a moment I want to step down again, but I won't. Are you content with what God has given you? Because you're only going to parent out of how you feel about yourself. So think about that. Lastly, are you searching for connection and intimacy in broken, in, or rather in places that do not make you more whole, but instead lead you to become more broken? I'll ask it again. Are you searching for connection and intimacy in places that do not make you more whole, but instead lead you to become more broken? So they think that they'll be satisfied after doing this technology, right? But you know better. I mean, you do. I know. You're not going to be more satisfied on the other side of that technology. You'll pass the time and you'll feel good during it. But on the other side, are you going to feel better? No. Do you feel better after scrolling for a bit? Maybe you feel worse sometimes. And kids will never admit something like that or say something like that. But I mean, we have to teach them that these things, they don't lead to true connection. They don't lead to true intimacy. When we think about parenting through technology, we should be thinking about intimacy. And those things don't necessarily correspond, but they all together do. They don't like sound rather like they would correspond with each other, but they do because there is this connection that they're creating with this object, this person, this other child. And then eventually where, where as adults, where technology can go, it can lead us to places where there, is, there are true, like obscene false forms of connection. And so what we're trying to do, not that it's all about that, but what we're trying to do at young ages 
is teach them that what is going on when augmented reality comes into play, you put glasses on and Pokemon's actually in their worlds, that's a connection. When virtual reality is on and you go into someone else's world and you end up spending time with people who also have that thing on and you'll never meet them, but you talk to them and they have a visible body of who they are and you are and there's like this sense of like connection. This might be 20, this is, this is now, but I mean it might become pop culture in 15, 20 years from now. And in that day when it truly feels intimate and connected, where are they gonna go? Well, where they need to go is what you have taught them. And when they're a parent and when they're 35 and they're really dealing with this stuff with their nine-year-old, where they need to go is what mom taught them about the scripture, about what true intimacy is, what true connection is. So connection and intimacy found in technology only leads to like a shadow of what intimacy is. It feels, but it's just a shadow of what it is. Our kids find this in phone calls, social media, text messages, music, movies, TV, and so do we. We find shadows of intimacy in all of these platforms. Be careful. Like, be careful. The problem with these vessels of intimacy are these like kind of, they're travelers. They're like vehicles of intimacy that we get into. The problem with them is that they're temporary. They're distorted views of what it is. And they follow, they always follow the narrative of pop culture. So what is for you today won't be for them tomorrow. And so if you're trying to parent out of what is today, it's not going to be true for them to apply tomorrow. So don't just teach them things that are in pop culture, trendy, this is what's right and this is what's best and this is what's good. Teach them about something deeper and we must point our, out to our kids true, lasting, unchanging, the pure story of intimacy and that story is the gospel. And that's it. And like, I could only have said all that stuff and it would be worth your time here today. The one lasting, true, pure form of connection and intimacy, it's the story of the gospel. And if you're not telling your kids the story of the gospel, but rather you're telling them about how technology doesn't meet their needs, but not really giving them what does, watch out because they will hop from forms of connection and intimacy, looking for to try to find it one day when really they should be anchored in what is that form of intimacy. Because none of those things, they're transient. Remember, all of these, like technology is just a vessel. It's just a car. And what a kid does, like you're like, oh, ooh, getting that one. And then they hop out and it's just another one. And it's just another one. And it's just another one. Where they need to be anchored in is the vessel of intimacy. And it's the story of the gospel. It's the story of intimacy, connection, adventure. No need for distraction because we are purpose-filled. It's people who have, who have committed themselves to believing that God who he is through the scripture, sent his son Jesus, became who he was on the earth, so that I, right? And I can go into the story of the gospel, but that is the point. And if we don't teach them that consistently, if we're not pointing them back and realize, yes, we'll drop down Cinderella and every now and then you should drop in the story of the gospel. Maybe not every time you turn their technology on, 
but strategically telling them the story of what intimacy really is all about. Hey, let's talk about, you know how that, and this, my 15 year old, we had this the conversation the other day. Let's talk about this stuff and this relationship and this feeling you have, and let's talk about where God is right in the middle. Let's, let's address it. Let's talk about it. And then let's bring and insert the real story right into the middle of it. How does it change when you consider the backdrop to be God's story? Not just that story. This is bad parenting. No. No, we don't do that around here. And this is my normal, like if I default, that would be me. No. Because I, I know what's best for you. And just don't ask me. One day you'll understand. The challenge that I have to face is like, nope, let me bring him into it and have him speak to it. And so I'm searching the scripture. So if I'm not reading my Bible, I'm like super practical and I have nothing that the spirit of God is maybe bringing up inside of me. If I'm not praying, it's hard to speak to that stuff from a God-centered perspective. It just is. Because the story of the gospel is not thriving in my life. And so what do I do? I go after the story of trendy car that comes by. Well, I can speak to that. I'm smart enough to talk about that. I mean, I read an article. Like I had a friend who got mixed up in that. It was a disaster. Well, when I was 17, I remember when that technology was just coming out and it didn't do anything good for me. So like, and you have all kinds of confidence, but where your confidence should rest in, it's, it's that story, your relationship with him and how you, through that relationship, fend off distraction. How you, through that relationship, kind of defeat curiosity and adventure. And how you, through that relationship, you don't give way to other forms of intimacy and connection outside of what God has already given you. Now that, that's a powerful story. It has nothing to do with the trendy, whatever's coming by. It's anchored in what is true. And your kids will respect you for it. They'll appreciate that you'll embrace the conversation but you have something to offer that is of an eternal substance. It's significant. It's thoughtful. It's not, well, back and forth argue. No, my friend does. Well, you kind of eliminate all that stuff because you're speaking about things that are deep, ancient, right? And that's where we, it's not like that's our leverage against our kids, but it is the authority and the power of God that we're just, this is a kingdom, it's the dome of the king. It's like we're pronouncing the kingdom of God over that technology. It's like, dude, it's not even, and that's with me with games. It's like, it's not even me right now. Like this, I have an opinion, but it's not even me. It's him. And if you have a problem with it, I didn't say this part, but you have a problem with him, not me. I'm just your, I'm your bud letting you in on the good news. And he walks away. He's like, well, I still feel like I'm friends with dad because it's not me against him around my technology. He's inserting a greater and higher authority. It's the gospel. It's big time. I think we have four good questions. Should I pray or do you want to pray? Well, can I pray? Is that okay? Let me pray for y'all real quick or no one's going to pray. I'll pray for y'all real quick. (laughs) Father, I thank you for this time. God, I just ask that you would Root these words deep into our hearts. Help us to shepherd our children's hearts. God, through technology, would you help us point our kids back to you over and over and over again? 
And, and God, even more importantly, would you, would you realign us today for areas, areas that we have been distracted, we've been out on an adventure, we found other intimacy, would you realign us? Maybe we've found ourselves in sin in some way. God, help us to follow you in the middle of those days. In Jesus' name, amen.